T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 8.15 now on this Thursday morning, January 12th. Vance Ginn joins us, chief economist at the Pelican Institute and former economist for the White House Office of Management and Bug, uh, Budget. Good morning, Vance. How are you? I'm so well. How are you doing today? I don't know. Is it okay to say Happy New Year on the 12th or not? I haven't spoken to you, so I guess it is, right? I think so. Happy New Year to you, too. It's been a great 2023 so far and hoping it, it improves. <laughs> it, ha- it has been. But again, keep in mind, it's still early. So what uh, tell me about the state business tax climate index. What is that? So the state business tax climate index is a, a report that's put out every year by the Tax Foundation, a nonpartisan think tank up in D.C. And they look at, you know, different areas of the tax code for all 50 states. Uh, when you think about property taxes, income taxes, sales taxes, um, bit, corporate ta- taxes, and, and then they rank them, you know, based on the, the broadest base possible, the lowest rates, um, just how burdensome each one of those taxes are. And Louisiana, um, in the latest one, ranked the, the 12th lowest, so the 12th worst, if you think about it, in that capacity. It did improve a little bit, so that was good news, but there's still a lot, room, lot more room for improvement. You know, you can't let perfect get in the way of good. So improvement is good. What is it that puts Louisiana in the 12th position, which, again, is not where you want to be? You want to be at the bottom of this list, right, if you're talking about worst nationwide business climates? Correct. That's right. Yeah. So, you know, to have the the, the best business climate, um, we're talking about states like New Hampshire, Florida, Tennessee, a lot of the ones that actually don't have an, an income, personal income tax. Um, that's the one that really hits Louisiana pretty hard. Property taxes, they rank um, pretty high and in the sense that they rank pretty well, right? In, in Louisiana, the, the, the property taxes are lower as a burden compared to a lot of other states. Um, but sales taxes, they get hit, we get hit pretty hard in Louisiana along with the income tax. And so those are some areas that I think really need improvement, not only for, you know, for this index, which is one indicator, but also for the number of people that are, you know, leaving um, Louisiana. You know, the lot of, one of the reasons why they're leaving is because the high income taxes. Where there's a will, there's a way. Is there the will to change this? I think so. I think that, you know, yesterday there was a good House Ways and Means Committee talking about the state tax structure, what it should look like in the future. Um, And there was a good discussion about how do we continue to lower income taxes across the state? We have these revenue triggers now um, that look like that could help to bring them down over time if, if the economy continues to grow. But I think there needs to be more looked at. You know, maybe if you rein in spending and then use any of the excess revenue or surplus revenue the state has to really start to buy down the income taxes. 
um, to where first maybe you start by flattening them, where there's just one rate overall. Um, and then you, maybe there's a way to find a way to eliminate personal income taxes and join the other nine states across the nation that have no personal income taxes. Those are the places where you have the most robust growth, um, lower poverty, and things of that nature. But could you really do that economically without affecting the homestead exemption, the sacred homestead exemption in Louisiana? Well, that's, that's on the property tax side. So what we're suggesting at the um, Pelican Institute is to look at just limiting spending and using surplus dollars at the state level, right, and, um, and even at the local levels at the end of the day to lower those personal income taxes. So that's not even touching the homestead exemption in that, in that capacity. Um, and so if you did that over time, you could not only flatten the income tax, but I think you should eliminate it. It seems like such a common sense thing. Who would be against it and why? Well, that's a great question, <laughs> and I think there will be some good discussions when we get to legislative session. Um, but I think it's, it's a lot about people who want to spend more, right? They, they want uh, more government spending. So the more that you spend, the less you're going to have the ability to lower those taxes at the end of the day. Um, and, and ultimately, some people like the income tax for some reason. <laughs> um, they, they, there's a, there's a, some stability, I guess, that comes into government's coffers whenever they want that revenue. But sales taxes, you know, other types of taxes are also pretty stable over time. And it gives you the decision, right, of whether or not you want to save or consume. If you consume, you pay the sales tax. Um, unfortunately, with the income tax, they take your income before you even get it. So you don't get that opportunity to decide whether or not to save or to consume. And so it really changes a lot of the incentives of whether to work or not work, um, be an entrepreneur. And those are the things that we need to free up so that we, we can have more economic growth in the, in the great state of Louisiana. We're going to take a break. we come back. We'll pick it up here. I think a big part of this, and you can comment, Vance, when we come back, is that the property taxes go to local municipalities. Sales taxes go to state as well as local municipalities. I don't know if that's a player in this or not. You can tell me. I also want to talk about occupational licensure. And entrepreneurship. We're talking with Vance Ginn, chief economist at the Pelican Institute, former chief economist for the White House Office of Management and Budget about changes to the tax code. What should the state do in 2023 to make Louisiana a more business-friendly environment? Right now it's time for traffic on WWL. A25 coming up on A26. Tommy Tucker talking to Vance Ginn, chief economist at the Pelican Institute and former chief economist for the White House Office of Management and Budget. Compare and contrast, if you will, Vance, property taxes and sales taxes and the amount that goes to local governments or state go- and state governments and what kind of cooperation it would take between the state and local governments for there to be a, rigid, a revision in homestead exemption, sales taxes, et cetera. Yeah, Tommy, I mean, this is a key thing right now when you think about the different divisions between the state and local governments on what types of taxes that they bring in. And, I mean, you have the property tax um, primarily going to the local governments, of course, and then you have the income and sales taxes, kind of a a mix between those two. Uh, And so there's a concert, uh, a play going in between these different taxes between the state and the local levels to pay for the government spending. And so there's going to be some sort of coordination between those. Um, of course, the homestead exemption is one of those things that's usually off, off limits. <laughs> I think it's politically difficult to talk about, you know, lowering that or removing that. Um, and so that's why there's been a lot more focus on the income taxes, uh, which are a burdensome, you know, harmful form of, of taxes that distorts people's incentives to work and invest and all those things. 
And so we've really been focusing more on finding a way to um, lower, flatten the rate overall, flatten the bracket so there's just one one rate of, of the income tax and then start to buy that down over time. Uh, we're using surplus dollars. And so I think by looking at that, you would also help to relieve some of the pressure on state and local governments as we have more economic growth, right, more jobs, things of that nature. And then that would bring in more revenue through property taxes and sales taxes along the way. So I guess what I'm asking, Vance, is to take it from the idea uh, and and theoretical to the reality would take a lot of cooperation, though, right, between local and state governments and somebody's got to trust somebody somewhere? Yeah, I mean, I think there is part of that. Um, what you know, we're really focused on a lot right now is just on the state income tax portion, right? To really focus on eliminating that. But um, you can't do that without. You're right. You can't do that without looking at homestead exemption because otherwise, there's going to be a shortfall, right? Well, the homestead exemption is on the property tax, though. That's that's not on the income tax. No, I understand that. But so, in terms of the okay. state coffers, there would be a shortfall if you do away with a income tax unless you make it up somewhere else because states the reason i'm asking states like texas and other places that don't have an income tax they don't have the homestead exemptions that we have either right no they so um places like texas texas has a homestead exemption of uh forty thousand dollars um with no personal income tax um and so other states have the homestead exemption as well, but but of course that's on the local property tax. Um, mm-hmm. That's not on the state income tax. So I, I get what you're what you're saying there, and that's why we're really focused on the surplus. So it's you've already got enough revenue. Now it's just a matter of returning that money through the form of lower income taxes along the way, uh, not not shifting that overall burden. And then if you focus on limiting spending at the same time, nah. you could you could certainly pay for it. See, I'm just looking at Baton Rouge and how it works, and that's why I was bringing that up. Real quick, tell me about occupational licensure. Yeah, so occupational licensure is basically a permission slip, right, to work. Um, it ends up burdening the the lowest income earners first because they can't get a job. Maybe they don't have the time or the money in order to get that occupational license. Um, and, and unfortunately, it ends up hurting a lot of those who, I don't know, want to be a florist <laughs> or a barber or something along those lines. And some, unfortunately, there's been some good reforms in Louisiana over the last couple of years with the Right to Earn a Living Act, um, some, some universal licensure where, where you can bring some people in from other states. But I think there needs to be even more reforms there to allow for people to have the opportunity to flourish and, and do what they do best, be entrepreneurial, and I think that there's a good um, push this next session. I know we're going to be working on that at the Pelican Institute to really make sure that there are the most opportunities available for people to find a job. Um, because, look, a job is the best path to prosperity, right? You get out of poverty if you have a job. And so we need more of those opportunities across Louisiana. And so this is one key way is to to reduce and, and ultimately eliminate some of these more burdensome types of occupational licenses. Thank you, Vance. Appreciate your time. Have a good day. We'll take a break. We come back. We'll talk to Mike Haas. Where are we going to be a year from now? As we, we really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 
Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.